through the heart, and you're to blame. Dead and lovely is a good podcast. Uh. Oh, <laughs> wailing solo. Yeah. Um. Man. Okay. So that. Uh, where does that rank? Do you think that's a top ten intro or? No, I think that's probably gonna that's gonna hit around the twenty five to thirty mark. It was pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We do have a couple intros where it's just like, welcome to Dead and Lovely. Those are fine. Yeah, they're fine, but I mean, we're known for our intros, right? (laughs) That's why the people keep tuning in. Uh Uh-huh. They they listen to the intro and they're like, man, done it again. And then they turn it off. (laughs) Welcome, Dead and Lovely listeners, to Dead and Lovely, your favorite horror movie review podcast in all the land. Here with your East Coast host with the most... Uncle Ben, and who's that? Who's that West Coast son of a bitch recording over there in that Pillow Fortress of Solitude? Oh man, the Pillow Fortress is on fleek, right? The kids are saying that. Yeah, they three say years it. ago. Yep. Um, uh, the I'm your your West Coast host with the most Hollywood, Steven Spratling, of course. Oh man. Um, let me tell you, Ben, this fort, I've I've perfected it. If I am telling you, if I could live in a pillow fort, like if you mm-hmm. can just build a pillow fort instead of a house, I'd do it. Damn. It's so much better than a house. Who needs a house? Yeah. Oh, look, um, there are no stuffed animals uh, holding up a part of your wall in a house. Well, and I'll tell you what, too. Anytime I reach over and touch this wall, it's, it's really hard. It's not a welcoming yeah. kind of surface at all. Gosh. I could punch my walls right now. I mean, I wouldn't because it would fall in on me, and uh, I might die. I might suffocate, maybe. Wow. Yeah, so many pillows. Every time you put that thing up, do you think about the really fucking awesome community pillow fort episodes? Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> oh, man. It's been too long since we talked about community, by the way. It is. It, it is, uh, it is uh, a topic we should talk about more often. We should probably just start a podcast called... Ben and Steve, uh, talking community? No, that's not good. No. Ben and Steve, communing. <laughs> no, no, that's no, no. Shit. Listen, community service. Okay, yeah. No, all right, you got it. And yeah, the pictures like service. our mug shots or something. <laughs> our mug shot? Wait, hold on. Yeah. Do you have a mug shot? Uh, you know, I might. I was meth guy, as we know. That's true. I, um, I remember when I was in Cub Scouts, we went to the police department because that's a thing you do in Cub Scouts. Mm. And uh, they, took, they took our mug shots for fun. And, you know, we, we tried to make our meanest faces or whatever. Um, and the thing that really sells mine that makes it look like maybe that is a mug shot is the fact that I had a sweet rat tail. Mm. Yeah. You probably belonged in there. I did, I think. Actually, as I was leaving, they were like, whoa, 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 son. Where are you going? Back to your cell. <laughs> I remember one time at a uh, at a homeschool field trip, we also <laughs> did the thing where like a bunch of us homeschool kids went to a jail, which I'm sure that yeah. they were like, this is the softest bunch of pieces of shit I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> they did the thing where like they, you know, they ink up your fingerprints and they take your prints, you know? Yeah, that's weird. Apparently, when I was like eight, I didn't have fingerprints. Say what? Seriously. Like, they tried every which way they could to, like, get my fingerprints on paper, but it was just, like, always 
they they couldn't get anything off of me. Like I remember like multiple cops like really roughing up my thumbs trying to roll them around on the paper and it's like you don't have fingerprints. Are you a Dario Argento? I might be one of them Italian aliens. Ancient Italians. That's my new series. <laughs> Italians, man. I know, right? Yeah. How have you been? You been doing good this week? Yeah, man. Uh been having a great week. Um I haven't really been doing much. Mm-hmm. I watched some football, uh, some pretty good games and some pretty frustrating games, but I did I did get to get reminded of why it is I love sports. Uh, I don't know. You probably didn't watch the Vikings and the New Orleans Saints game, but... Uh, I was... No, no, I did not. It was such a good back-and-forth game, a good, like, a game where you see people at their best, and it's not a bunch of, like, bullshit calls and stuff that sort of ruin the game. Everything works out great, and then this just this perfect touchdown for the win at the last second like it just renewed my my belief that there is a lot of positive in sports i still think that i mean i would never let my child play football i i don't know why people do but like i i love it i love sports (laughs) i i know god it's it's really it's killing people well let's just back this up here for a second you have a child Oh, man. I haven't told you about this. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Again with this? So, uh, there was it was the side of the road, yeah. and I heard like a, wah, wah, you know, and I was like, oh, free chicken, you know? Like you do. Uh, picked it up, and then, uh, oh, and then we were on the back of a bus, and the Viet Cong was outside the bus, so I had to smother my baby. I thought it might have been one of those situations where... You're out in public holding your shopping bags, and a gypsy throws a baby at you, and you drop your shopping yeah. bags. I thought it was that again. <laughs> you know, it was it was real sad because there are a lot of gypsies in Russia where I, I lived for two years yeah. as a Mormon missionary. Hey guys, catch up on the podcast. We've said a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, um, but there were so many stories about gypsies, like people on the street would just be like, oh, be careful of the gypsies. Like, the, you know, they, they chop off their, their kids' arms just so you'll feel sympathy for them and give them money. Jesus. Uh, well, yeah, but none of that shit, as far as I understood, was actually true. Okay. Like, I would talk to the gypsies all the time. They were normal people. They would be begging for money, a lot of them. Um, I, I don't think there's any shame in that culturally for them and i i I honestly don't have a problem with it myself i'm always like completely confused by people who are mad at someone who's down on their luck yeah (laughs) like why (laughs) why are you mad they are you know the world is mad at them like life is mad at them they don't need you to also be mad at them yeah Eh, i mean i understand people are like i work for my money yeah okay good but uh, some people are, you know, they they maybe can't. Maybe they're, uh, uh, a lot of people on the street are oftentimes suffering from mental illness that uh, they can't get any sort of help with because they don't have insurance because this country doesn't care about people. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I never really had a problem with it. I think it's just weird. It is. Uh, but but uh, gypsy, gypsies do have a rep- an interesting reputation. I heard one story about uh like five or six women like gypsy women surrounding a guy and they just started like p- 
pinching him and like like circling around him and pinching him and pulling in his arm hair and stuff until he like gave them his money but they never <laughs> like it like to, according to the person who told me the story like the 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 idea behind it is they never ask him for his money so they're not mugging him there's just like a pin a pinch squad and he's like okay take the money yeah and when i when i heard that story i said to that person you know, if you're pinching someone, that's assault, right? <laughs> like, it's kind of a cute assault, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's not. Yeah, it's like not the worst assault, but like they're still breaking the law. They're not. Like, it's just like people come up with these interesting. Th- it's the same as like with the Inquisition and stuff, mm-hmm. where like you read about the things people were accused of doing, and you know they didn't do it. Yeah, like you know, having sex with the devil in the moonlight or whatever. I mean, that happens. Well, obviously. So that means the person who did the accusing thought all that up. Yeah. Like, they're the fucking weirdo. Yeah, exactly. Totally. (laughs) (laughs) So the person who told me that story was the fucking weirdo who thought all that up. I'm on board. I believe him. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking gypsies. Are they running for president anytime soon? Can I vote for them? Gypsies? Yeah. I hope so. (laughs) Um, And I hope it's the Brad Pitt type of gypsy. Oh, yeah. So we don't have any idea what the fuck they're saying. Hell yeah. You know, apparently... The what reason- are those called? Travelers. That's what they are. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, Pikeys. I think they call them in Snatch or Pikeys, something like that, right. isn't uh-huh. it? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Apparently the reason behind his accent in that movie is because Brad Pitt is fucking horrible at doing accents. So, like, he couldn't muster up a real, like, authentic, like, gypsy accent. So, he was just like, I'll just mumble a bunch of bullshit. And they're like, that's fine. Yeah. Guy Ritchie was like, all right, that's fine with me. I mean, it, yeah. it's more about the slow motion punching than anything. Absolutely it is. That's such a good fucking movie, man. Have you watched anything good lately? Oh, man. Um, I have. I watched Big Mouth. I don't know if you've seen that. It's a, It's a Netflix show. It is uh, animated. It's Nick Kroll, who I love. Kroll show mm-hmm. is great. Uh, oh, hello, etc. Hilarious. Uh, John Mulaney, who's also one of the best stand-ups there is, and then a ton of other people that I love, and it's about puberty, basically. Okay. And it's extremely accurate. Like, you'll be watching it, and you'll be like, yep, I did all that. All of this is me. Awesome. Every bit of it. Yeah. Um, it's really enjoyable, and it's I think it's only about eight episodes. It's a pretty great show. That's cool. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. What have you been watching, Ben? You know, I actually haven't watched too much this week. Our weekend uh, was was occupied by some visiting company. Our friends John and, and Aaron came into town. I think I've talked to you about them before. They're the ones who, John, his mom is like Vietnamese and grew up mm. like running a Thai restaurant and stuff like this. Oh, okay. They're some of my favorite people in the world. And basically, they live about four and a half hours away, but we periodically just get together. And whenever we do... We basically just spend an entire weekend uh, seriously just cooking and eating and drinking and laughing our asses off like all weekend. That's all that we do. Listen, that is the only thing adults should do when they get together. God, I know. Uh, cooking, eating, drinking, and laughing because it is perfect. You don't need loud music. You don't need to go to a bar. You nope. don't need to be doing all sorts of crazy shit. Nope. Just to get together adult style, make food, drink be merry it was the best dude i mean we seriously like i don't even know why we bothered cleaning like the whole house as if we were going to be anywhere other than the kitchen literally <laughs> the entire time so we spent all weekend uh just basically in there cooking and having a good time we made some really killer 
uh, like grilled tuna steaks one night. We made awesome uh, falafel and gyro one night. Oh, yeah. Along with like tzatziki sauce and a, uh-huh. a tahini sauce and all the other goodness. It was awesome. Drank just a fucking horrific amount of beers. One of that's the best. One of the stragglers <laughs> I'm having right now. I'm having myself a a Newcastle brown oh, ale, yeah. which is just fine. I always forget how much I like those. It is just fine. Yeah. Uh, I'm sipping on a Lagunitas IPA myself. Ooh, I had myself a Lagunitas Maximus earlier today, oh, which yeah. is one of my fucking That's good favorites. Stuff. I don't know what yeah. Lagunitas puts in their shit, but it's like they all have that Lagunitas flavor, and I don't know what it they is. Do. Yeah, they uh, they know what they're doing is what it is. I know. Um, and I don't know what that is. I don't either. They know how to make <laughs> beers for Ben and Steve. They should change their labels to say Lagunitas, beers for Ben and Steve. You know what? Um, I'll drive up to Petaluma, California yeah. right now and just uh, drop that in the suggestion box. Maybe you do. And tell them to send cases of Maximus and Hop Stupid uh, oh, to, yeah. to my Hop way. Hop Stupid is so good. Fuck, isn't it? Uh-huh. My my absolute favorite is Lagunitas Sucks. That's 100% my favorite Lagunitas uh, It has been brew. a while since I had that one, but I remember really liking it a lot. Yeah, good stuff. Fuck yeah, man. Yeah, so we just basically were in the in the kitchen all weekend, hanging with our friends, having a good time. So we didn't watch a whole lot, but um, before they showed up, we finished watching the Westworld. Hell yeah! What'd you think? I was completely let down by the end. Of- <laughs> What? <laughs> I know, man. Like, no. And I, I really wonder if it's maybe because I just blew the fuck through it. Maybe it was the kind of thing where if I had to pace myself, yeah. it would have uh, not worn as thin on me. But I kind of felt like yeah. episodes, like, let's say four through eight or nine, kind, huh. kind of like what I was mentioning last time. It was just a whole bunch of like, okay, I get it. This is happening. This is building. This is building. Uh, I kind of felt like it was repeating itself a lot. And then whenever we got to the very end, I kind of felt the whole, hey, guess what? The narrative you've been watching has been time traveling the whole time and you didn't know about it until now. It didn't really make the story better for me. Maybe it comes with rewatching. Yeah. I, I rewatched the episodes as a, as they were going. Like I watched that show weekly. I, one of the few that I actually kept up with. Yeah. Um, and I would go back and rewatch the episodes and try to figure out what was going on. And uh, at the end, it was I thought it was great, and then went back and rewatched the whole season and like was able to stitch that all together in yeah. my mind. And I I thought it just flowed so perfectly. But you know, a lot of people didn't like the end. Yeah, I seem to be in the minority of a bunch of my friends and stuff because it seems like everybody else I know loved it. And I really did love the first part of the season, especially mm-hmm. the first few episodes. Like I mentioned, I think on the last episode that we did, I love the whole narrative about, you know, reality and life and robots and yeah. stuff like that. I really dig all that. And, it, you know, not having consequences because you're just killing robots. You're just raping robots. It's like it really shows who you are whenever you go into that yeah. zone where there's no uh, punishment or yeah. risk involved and stuff. I really like that a lot. I just think that I think we could have gotten there a little bit more elegantly. And like I said, without the whole, to, like, again, to me, the time kind of travel aspect just didn't make it cooler. I guess that's the best way I'd put it. Like if I knew the whole time, like every time it was showing, um, old 
old what's his name, uh, Billy or whoever, you know. Yeah, Billy, the, mm-hmm. the guy that ends up being the man in black. Spoilers. The man in the black hat. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, if the whole show they were showing that and it was like thirty years ago, thirty years ago, or whatever. Every time they showed it, I wouldn't be. I don't know. You know what I mean? It's like it wouldn't be worse to me if it showed it that way. Well, maybe. I mean, you know, uh, I can't imagine you'd go back and watch a show you didn't fully enjoy. But if you go back and watch it now, uh, that that was one of the things I really enjoyed watching it the second time after having seen everything revealed was uh, figuring out what is going on at what times. Because it's not fully clear what exactly was happening 30 years like when you cut back into like the the actual like uh work area how much of that stuff was happening 30 years ago and how much of it was happening in the in the present mm-hmm. some of it will sort of meld all together like I, I don't even know how all that comes together still like it, it still is a little it leaves like a, a lot for a season two to sort of like put it all together but again you you you'd have to be invested in it and there's so many good shows out there that i wouldn't <laughs> i wouldn't tell somebody to watch a show a second time that they didn't really like the first time i am interested to see what they do with the second season i mean i i definitely yeah. will i'll definitely give it a shot and see you know what the basic gist of it's going to be and stuff i wonder if if Anthony Hopkins' character is actually dead or not, like I wonder. Remember in the basement yeah. of the house, how it showed like that that extra person being made. Like I wonder if that was him. Yeah. If he was making a clone of himself, you know what I mean? I'm very interested in all of it. Like I'm so like dedicated to it. Um, but uh, again, like I get I get why people might actually I don't get why people don't like it, but. <laughs> Like, I've heard their complaints, and I've heard your complaints, and I'm like, okay, this is a valid complaint. I don't I don't disagree um, entirely with the fact that it, it does seem cheap to have uh, that sort of, like, twist of, oh, uh, there are two timelines you didn't know about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But there, there were indications of it leading up to that. Uh, some people had actually already figured it out on wow. Reddit. Yeah, so... There were indications up to that point, but yeah, I don't know that it would have hurt at all to already know that. Yeah, from exactly. the beginning. Well, one yeah. thing I think that we can agree on, though, for sure, is that the movie I watched last night kicks a metric fuck ton of ass because I watched motherfucking the gummy Spe- bears. Oh, <laughs> no. Well, after that, I watched Speed. Hell yeah! And it was fucking awesome. I haven't watched that movie in. I seriously think probably like 15 years, and I think I only saw it once. So it was seriously like me watching this movie for the first time. I was like on the edge of my fucking seat like, oh, no, he hit that baby stroller. Oh, it's just cans in there. Mm-hmm. Spoilers. Yeah. Oh, spoilers for uh, <laughs> 1992's <Yeah>. Speed. <laughs> um, yeah, Speed is great. Yeah. And you know what? I thought at the end of it, I hope they never make a sequel. And then they did. And it's terrible. I never saw Speed 2. Uh, it's on a boat, right? It's on a boat. It doesn't have uh, Keanu Reeves. Oh. Uh, Sandra Bullock is barely uh, even trying in it. Um, Willem Dafoe is off of his rocker in it. Like, he is fucking insane. Okay. So if you want to see Will, 
want to see Willem Dafoe being uh, over the top acting, you know, you watch that. But you could also watch what's another shit movie he's in? Oh, that one that uh, people, Boondock Saints. <laughs> I was going to ask if there's every point in there where he goes, there was a firefight. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a whole movie of that. It is similar. His acting in Boondock Saints is better, I would say, hmm. but it, it is over the top. Right on. Yeah, Speed was really good, man. It was just a super enjoyable watch. Where yeah, it's, like it's the, so fun. The stakes keep getting raised. All the characters in it are, yeah. are cool and fun. Yeah, and it, it is, I mean, that that is a bomb that could exist. It's not like some insane uh, thing that's like... Uh, uh, you remember in what is it the first Batman movie Christopher Nolan movie that had a bomb that was going to vaporize the water oh right yeah uh, and like you know that's cool especially in a Batman movie that's fine because it's like yeah there's always weird technology in Batman but like it, it is like definitely unrelatable being on a car with a bomb attached to it that the second it goes below 55 will blow up that that is a bomb that could exist and it creates inherent tension because you can't always be driving above 55 miles per hour on the fucking road, especially in a bus. I don't know. I bet that fucking Sammy Hagar watched that movie and was like, I believe this movie. <laughs> I could Dude. easily co-pilot that bus. <laughs> Do you think if Twitter had existed at that point, Sammy Hagar would have said, hashtag me too? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It would have it would have taken on a different connotation. <laughs> I also can't drive under fifty five. Yeah, yeah, and uh, apologize. I apologize to the Me Too campaign. It's uh, amazing. <laughs> Hashtag Me Too. Fucking. Uh, but it, it is, it is so funny. When I was little, when I heard that song, I thought it, because like I noticed from the back seat that you couldn't like you can't really stay on one speed and i thought that was what he was saying in the song was that it was like he was frustrated with the fact that he couldn't keep it at 55 couldn't dial it in right there on the nose yeah that's what i thought that meant i mean <laughs> what what else would you think it means as a child who's never driven a car yo i'm gonna hit you with a fucking song reveal that i hope blows your mind even a quarter as much as it blows my mind Hell yeah. So over the weekend, again, hanging out with my, uh -huh. our buddies John and Aaron there, um, uh -huh. John comes from a very big music-loving family. His dad is kind of like all about all kinds of music trivia, knowing what the lyrics to certain songs are about and shit like that. Uh huh. He dropped a bomb on me. All right. What do you think the song Jump is about? Oh, shit. I actually think I know this. Um, wasn't, um, what's his crotch? Was watching TV and somebody was like, uh, about, uh, on a ledge gonna commit suicide? Apparently. Yeah. And the song is like, do it? Yeah. I did not yeah. know about this because those keyboards are so fucking inspirational. Yes, the song sounds like it's a great time to be alive. Let's all enjoy ourselves, etc. Let's jump in the air. <laughs> Let's nope. jump to our death. Yes, Fuck it's it. jump to your death. What? Yeah, I had no idea. And now I'm like thinking about all the lyrics and stuff. You know, you got it tough. I've seen the toughest around. Yeah, go ahead and jump. Oh, man. Can't you see me standing here? Got my back against <laughs> the wrecking machine, stuff like this. I'm like, oh, my God really blew my mind dude i had no idea i'll never hear that song the same way again 
You know what? Um, the <laughs> it does remind me that people on cocaine can be, I don't know, maybe a little bit inconsiderate. <laughs> Go ahead and jump. Fuck it, man. Yeah, fuck it, man. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I, I think we've talked about this before, but uh, you know the show Metalocalypse, of course. Of course. Um, you know the the clown character that's basically Doctor Roxo. Um, Doctor Roxo, that is basically um, what's his crotch? Oh, David Lee Roth. Diamond yeah, David Dave. Lee Roth. Um, now I can't ever like now when I see David Lee Roth or I hear David Lee Roth, I like he is a clown to me now. Oh yeah, he's just Doctor Roxo because he sounds the exact fucking same. And yep. it is the same. It is David Lee Roth. Like that. That is who he is. He he does cocaine. Like that is his thing. <laughs> I do cocaine. I really like though. Do you remember whenever he got into his solo career and he also kind of adapted this kind of like vaudevillian sort of character into what he does? Yeah. And he'd do like That's so I'm, weird. I'm a gigolo, and he'd do like he'd go like zibbity bop bop. <laughs> 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 I really like that because that's like a real turn. It Gigolo, was just like gigolos say zippity bop bop a lot. Yeah, they tend to, as I've seen. Mm-hmm. Wasn't he a, like an EMT or something for a while? I know, and dude, to me, it was always just the <laughs> most like ridiculous thing in the world to think that you'd be having like a heart attack. You'd be like, oh, here comes a big one, and then you call an ambulance, and like David Lee Roth picks you up, and then you have a full blown heart attack. <laughs> it's fucking Diamond Dave. Do you think he's ever been called to a site where they think someone's going to jump off a building and he's just standing <laughs> at the bottom looking up and he's like, yeah, might as it. well just might as well, <laughs> might as well jump. It's more like a Radiohead song than a Van Halen song. Exactly. Yes, that's exactly what that is. That is a Radiohead song that would be like you'd be crying by the end. You'd be like, yeah, you're right. Like fucking no surprises, man. Might as well. <laughs> Go ahead. Might as well. <laughs> Go ahead and jump. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, Steve, I could talk about some Van Halen all day, but another thing I want to talk about on this week's episode is the mo- little movie flick that we watched this week that was by popular request of our dead and lovely listeners. I'm talking about Baskin or Boskin or Baskane. Yeah. I, I th- okay, I've heard it said by people who speak English, Baskin. 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 Now, when I look at it, and when I hear Turkish, and Turkish sounds to me like Russian, okay. it would be pronounced Baskin. Okay. But I'm going to go with Baskin because it's what everybody says, and it makes uh, the most sense. I've been basking in the glory of this movie since about since about late last night whenever I watched <laughs> it. It's a fucked up movie, Steve. It's a fucking fucked up movie. Hell and yeah. And I am glad we're talking about it because, man, I mean, we've done some uh, we've done some foreign movies up to this point. Yeah. We've done some Dario Argento. We've done some uh, uh, some J horror, etc. But this is this is only the eighth movie from Turkey ever released in the United States. Holy shit! This really? is obscure. Yeah, like Turkish cinema is obscure to us. Hmm. It is strange, and just watching this. Um, you know, I, I've watched it now, I think, three times, 
and watching it the first time it the movie was a horror movie to me because i had no idea what the fuck was going on yeah yeah totally it's so disorienting to an american audience yeah but, it's probably the most foreign movie we've done on the show absolutely but watching it the second and third time and really getting diving into it this movie makes a ton of sense while also remaining fucked up yeah <laughs> yeah totally so man uh this is one that a bunch of our listeners yeah had requested that we do like on our facebook group and instagram and, and stuff you know and what? we really appreciate I- you guys tossing us those suggestions and i and i uh i owe one of those listeners um what i said would be essentially a wrestling promo shout out to him oh. so let me get into character. Hold on. Okay. Mm, all right. Snap into a slim jim. Snap into a slim jim. All right. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. When the paint hits the face. Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Will Tickle Grimes. Uh-oh. I'm assuming your name is Will. Listen to me, brother. We finally got to Boskin. You've been asking for it. You've been wanting it. But you know what? I guarantee you right now you're sitting at home, Ooh. you're crying, your tears are hitting your Hell. shaft as you jerk it off. Get them. Because you know what, buddy? You know what? You're probably too afraid to watch this movie. That's why you wanted us to do a podcast about it, so you could hear what's on it. Cold. Cold. You're telling Boy. me he doesn't want to behold this. He couldn't handle it. He probably couldn't handle it. And you know what? Next week on Raw... I'm going to take him down in a ladder match. Oh, is it a hair versus hair ladder match? It's a hair versus hair ladder match, and he'll win because his hair is much better than mine. Uh, (laughs) But two hanging above, high above the ring will be his drum set. I believe he's a drummer. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) And if if I get it, he can never play drums again. Shit, yeah. It's a hair versus drums match. Take that, Will Grimes. I'd like to remind our dead and lovely listeners, I'm going to go ahead and put this at the front of the episode. I always put this at the back of the episode, but I think everybody's fucking edibles have already kicked in by the time they reach the end of the (laughs) podcast. But I want to remind you guys to rate and review our podcast on iTunes. It's been a couple weeks since I've seen some new reviews posted on there, and I I want to see more. We've got a lot of good reviews. Uh, Let me just, uh, I'll read you one right now. These two dudes got boners. You want to jam inside you. Mm-hmm. And that one, hold on. Looks like that one is by Wildical Grimes. Oh. What? Hmm. Oh. Hmm. I'm, I, maybe I apologize. I don't know. I don't know. Thanks, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Will, thanks for suggesting Baskin. Yeah, and rate and review the show on iTunes. It really does help us out a lot, pop up on searches and best of lists and shit like that. So just take a second, keep it G-rated or else it won't post. Now, Steve, before we start getting to talking about this movie, which is about uh, a diabolical and and very unhygienic cult to doing just all kinds of weird, freaky naughty stuff in that old abandoned uh, building there, I want to take a little quiz for you and I here to find out maybe what kind of cult we should join if we were going to join cults maybe we should find out which one we're going to do uh where do you think i could go to learn about that well the the one place you can go to learn anything about yourself you go to those warlocks over at buzzfeed see what they're cooking up how do they always know now i found a warlock here by the name of adam ellis who writes for the buzzfeed staff that is going to tell us 
what kind of cult we should join. Now, Steve, let me ask you the first question here. What Let's hear it. is your income like? Oh, no. <laughs> Why? <What? laughs> Let's go okay. ahead and start there. I barely yeah. get by. Life is a struggle. Uh-huh. I do okay, but I spend most of my money on nerdy stuff. Hmm. Man, I don't really worry. We're all going to die soon anyway. Might as oh. well jump. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well jump. I added that part, but it seemed, it seemed <laughs> apple. Yeah. I'd say I'm fairly well off for someone like me. What does that Jesus. mean? Somebody like me? Uh, like, oh, no. A white person? Oh, no. Well, that would be extremely well off. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing great. I make enough money, but it never seems to be enough, or uh-huh. I'm wealthy. Well, um, I barely get by. Life is a struggle, man. It's true. I, I yeah. totally agree, man. I'm going to go for myself here. I'm going to say, I'd say I'm fairly well off for someone like me, and I'm not that well off, but I guess what I mean is I have lots of friends who are, you know, musicians quote unquote for a living yeah. that you know are basically living like a homeless person in a van nine months out of the year and then when they're home they sleep in their parents basement even though they're 35 there's nothing wrong with that there's not a damn thing wrong with that no no Liz, live in your parents basement as long as you need to yeah because if you're gone 90 months out of the year guess what don't pay rent you're a fucking sucker stay with your fucking yeah parents. that would it be ridiculous sense. yeah it's stupid not mm-hmm. to but myself you know it's like i don't have to live like a bum i've got my own place and stuff so I would say for a for a self-employed musician calling my own shots, I guess I'm doing okay. So that's that's my answer. Ben, why don't you go ahead and pick a sitcom? And yeah. I'm going to give you six, okay? Okay. Let's not just pick any sitcom. Um, let's start with a little 30 Rock. That's a good one. Love it. How about The Office? Yeah. All right. Um, how about a Community? Oh my God. We already talked about yeah. it, huh? Um, the Big Bong Theory. Hmm. Uh, it would be funnier if it was the Big Bong Theory. On channel 420. Right. <laughs> and instead of um, any of the jokes they ever make, if they just went, the number 69 is funny. That show would be yeah. funnier if every episode the joke was a bunch of stoners sit around and giggle about the number 69. And then somebody gets kicked in the dick. And then somebody gets kicked in the dick. Oh, and hopefully it's that Sheldon guy. Yeah. Um, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. One of my faves. Love it. And Mindy Project, also a great show. So, what do you what do you think, Ben? Uh, these just based on because there's a couple of my favorite shows on here. Thirty Rock Community and Sunny are some of my favorite shows ever. But yeah. I think based solely on quantity and how much I enjoyed it from start to finish, Thirty Rock is my jam. I mean, ep- you know, season one yeah. to the last season, there's not yeah. an episode where I didn't belly laugh and maybe had a, a little pee come out. Yeah, that's true, and I have watched all of 30 Rock a, a few times, and actually, one of the few shows that I own the DVDs of, because oh. just in case it's not on something streaming, I want to have that in Arrested Development, Always Sunny, uh, oh, Frisky Dingo, that's a that's a good one. You want to have those on, on physical media for just in case the brain police ever decide to outlaw them. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm going to go with Community. It is a show I absolutely love. It is a wonderful show. Wonderful show. Now, Steve, let me ask you our next question here. What's holding you back in life? Oh, okay. These are getting some pretty serious questions. They really are. Yeah. It's like, hey, how much money do you make? What's holding you back? It's like, damn. All right. Sometimes I feel like my entire life is out of control. That would hold one back. All right. That would. I procrastinate, and as a result, can't seem to get work done. Mm, that's some real shit. That happens sometimes. I'm not as popular and famous as I deserve to be. 
Well, I mean, that's true, but that's not what's holding me back. Yeah. I suffer from self-doubt and a lack of self-esteem. That's oh. a that's an artist problem right there. Uh-huh. I fight with my friends too much. Oh, that, okay. Yeah, that person's just, well, you're an asshole is the problem there. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think you have friends. You have people you fight with. What the fuck? Probably. Uh, I'm a pessimist and uh. might as well jump. <laughs> no, we're, you know, might as well jump really does spice up a lot of things. It does. That, if that was an answer to most questions, it'd be really entertaining. Yeah. I would say, I mean, it's not entirely true, but it, it was probably the most accurate of, of these. I procrastinate and as a result can't seem to get work done. Gotcha. I, I can get work done. I do procrastinate, but... I, I, I get a lot of work done still, but I I think that's the most accurate because I, I don't feel like my life is out of control ever really. Yeah. Um, I don't feel like I, I'm just as popular and famous as I deserve to be probably. <laughs> um, I, I really don't suffer from self-doubt at all yeah. um, and never fight with my friends. I, that's the type of shit that like. I just cut those people out of my life. The type of people yeah. that want to argue all the time. Fuck that. Yeah, really. Those aren't friends. Yeah, fuck that. And I don't. I don't feel I'm a pessimist. I, I would say some people would say I'm a pessimist. I feel that I am realistic. I feel that I try to get a, a realistic view of the world, but it's probably a bit pessimistic. Gotcha. Well, these the, during these trying times, it's hard not to be a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So what about you? I'm gonna go with a dickhead answer and say I'm not as popular and famous as I deserve to be. <laughs> that's a total. Dickhead I would say thing that's to say. true. I honestly, I'd say that's pretty true. Um, you got a great podcast that people should be listening to. It's award worthy. We all know that. Yeah, totally. Um, and uh, everybody loves y your guitar videos. The Fac U series is real fun. There you go. Well, you know, I guess just the thing that I'm thinking about is like. I don't I don't know. I say that, but then at the same time it's like there's there's so many other players that have played way more shows than I have and stuff like that. Yeah. But you know, it's like we all know a handful of people that have like really sick serious gigs and it's just like ah yeah. you know, I know so many better players that should have that gig and stuff like that. So yeah. kind of a dickhead answer, but that's what I'm gonna go with. I know. I think yeah, art especially in the art world, it's it's real hard because you see people that it's like well, that person deserves, you know, all these great things, yeah. and this other dickhead gets them. Um, like I don't know, you see that Michael Bay gets to keep making movies, and and then like you see other directors that you love, and it's like, well, why don't they get these projects? Let's talk shit about the Jeepers Creepers guy a little bit. Let's throw him under the bus. Some. Why does he get to keep making movies? That's absolutely yes. Why? Why does he get <laughs> to keep being anywhere near a movie set? Like. He shouldn't even be allowed to be, like, I don't know, a production assistant. Like, no. He shouldn't be allowed on a movie set because, uh, one, especially when there are kids there, as there were in Jeepers Creepers 2, the first kid, uh, the first person that dies is a little boy. Yeah. That fucking child molester. Mm. Anyway. So, yeah, yeah, it's, I would say you deserve uh, more popularity and fame. Oh, Steve. Um, so this next one's visual. So I guess we'll just describe what our answer is. Uh, choose a pattern, and there's six patterns here. Mm. Um, there's a sort of a pinstripe. There's a, a flowery pattern. There's one that looks, I would say, kind of like flames, but not like uh, 
Guy Fieri uh, bowling shirt or anything. It's kind of like if you did a, a close zoom up of like Star Fox's fur. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, I'd say that's accurate. Do a barrel um, roll. Do, do a barrel roll. <laughs> um, and then we got like skulls. Um, then what looks like an awesome '80s guitar. Totally. And then. What looks also kind of like a, a a church floor plan layout? Yeah, like a black and gold yeah. geometricy kind of thing. Yeah. So what, what what would you choose, Ben? I'd like to quote one G Danzig and say, "I want your skulls." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Where's this going?" Yeah. Um, Zigzag pattern? Did he ever say that? I don't know. I um I like I like traditional and I like clean. I'm going with the pinstripe. That's a classy look. You just have a great like pinstripe suit, didn't you? Yes, I have a couple of great pinstripe suits. Damn. I um I love wearing suits. I don't know what it is. You look um, good in them. Thanks, sir. I think everybody does though. I think that's the thing about suits is it doesn't matter your weight, doesn't matter your height. If it's cut for you, you're gonna look better than you would in anything else. And it, it's also weird how people treat you when you wear a suit. Yeah. Like, people automatically give you this, like, uh, maybe not respect, because people do look at people in suits and disrespect them, obviously, because it's like, well, who's this fucking pencil-pushing asshole? <laughs> but, like, it's maybe not respect, but it's like this this automatic uh, feeling that, that they know they can rely on you a little bit more, maybe, than a person who's not dressed as well. I yeah. know it's bullshit. I don't know why our brains work that way, oh, but it, it is a it is a good feeling. It's a thing, man. It's a thing. Yeah. All right, so Steve. So what, what do we got next? Which of these conspiracy theories is actually true? This is a fun one. Yes. We've made contact with aliens, but the FBI covers it up. Mm, it would take more than the FBI, but okay. That's a, a fair, fair point right there. Our yeah. sun will die out and freeze all life on Earth. That's not a conspiracy theory. That will that's, happen. No, that's true. Yeah, stars die. <laughs> that's what they do. I, we probably won't have any life on Earth by the time it fully dies out with all the coronal ejections and things as it's, as it's dying. Yeah. The government is poisoning our food to keep us docile. Mm, probably not. I'm going to back up to that sun dying out thing and digress here for just a second, all right? Let's hear it, yeah. So, Star Wars Force Awakens Starkiller Base, right? Yeah, uh-huh. What that thing does, and this is something that, that Kate told me about, and it just kind of like floored me really hard. Yeah. I guess people do that a lot. People tell me stuff and it blows my mind a lot. Does that mean I'm dumb? I don't know. No, it means your life is fucking awesome. Yeah. Think about that. Like, okay. Real quick, Uncle Steve diversion from your diversion um, is that um, I love hallucinogens. Now, I haven't mm -hmm. taken hallucinogens in a long time, but when I was uh, a 17 to 20-year-old, mm -hmm. I took LSD all the time or shrooms. Uh, big fan of it. And the thing I love most about it is it's, it gives you that feeling of everything being new and everything being interesting. Right. And that is the greatest feeling in the world. So if you feel that all the time, it's fucking awesome. Hell yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So anyway, go ahead. So, okay. So Starkiller Base, Force Awakens, right? Uh -huh. That thing sucks up the power of a nearby sun and then soaks mm -hmm. that up and uses it to like blow a fucking couple planets out of the sky, right? Yeah. Here's the thing, is if you've just soaked up their sun, you've doomed that entire planetary system. Yeah. 
I guess you could destroy their planet so they don't have time to get away. But yeah, yeah. Once yeah, once you've sucked up the power of their sun, it'd actually be more mean and cold and cruel just to soak up you know the power of their sun and then leave. Like slow death. Fuck you. Freeze. I'm out. Oh my god. I just like to think that maybe somewhere J.J. Abrams was like sitting in a chair and he had the radio on and fucking mm-hmm. Cheryl Crow came on and said, I want to ah, soak up the sun. I want to soak up the sun. <laughs> and he's like, soak up the sun. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was like, face off. <laughs> I want you to take his face didn't off. He, didn't he write on that? Oh, I think he did. I don't know. Awesome. Never mind. It may... I th- I think he did uh, some some script rewrites on Face Off. I'm not positive. That's a little diversion, but it just kind of like it really it really hit me hard. Where I was like, God damn it! Like it would be worse just to absorb this sun's power and just doom an entire solar system. Dude, you know who else is absorbing the sun's power? Tell me. Plants. Yeah. And you know what they can't do? Blast us with lasers. True. So how I like. I don't under because like <laughs> the more I'm thinking of it, for the Star Killer base to be able to hold the power that the sun holds is insane to me. Like, what are they doing? Because the sun, like any any star that is emitting enough heat for planets nearby to be habitable, is about as condensed as it can be. That's true, yeah, yeah. So how are they taking the power out of it and condensing it into a laser? (laughs) What? I feel like The Force Awakens might be some bullshit. Yeah, there's some problems here. (laughs) This thing's just unraveling in our very hands. (laughs) Well, back to our our quiz. Case closed. Yeah. All right, the government is poisoning our food to keep us docile. That's that's quite a conspiracy. Yeah. Uh, a super volcano might erupt and kill us all. That's not, not a conspiracy either. Like No, unless the volcanoes are like conscious of it. I like that. Yeah, Yeah. okay. That sounds cool. <laughs> um, <Yep. laughs> pop stars are hiding satanic lyrics in their songs. God, that's the most ridiculous. You know, you know what? They are. They're not hiding them, though. Any pop star who's singing about their rich and famous lifestyle is uh singing satanic lyrics they're singing about how they have uh only worried for themselves they've only focused on making themselves happy that's satanism right i think so it's kind of hedonistic in a lot of ways so they're not hiding it they're just talking about it (laughs) i mean a lot of these lyrics are are not veiled at all such as might as well jump i mean it's right there Might as well jump into the arms of Satan. <laughs> There's a secret society of celebs who control the media. Jesus, these are the, like, there's so many better conspiracy theories you could have gone with here. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. Uh, the only one that I would say is possibly, for me, true, is that we have made contact with aliens mm-hmm. and it is being covered up. I don't think that's true. I don't believe it's true, but I believe it could happen. I'm with you on that one, and I think that's also how I would have to answer this. I think it's, yeah. in the grand scheme of things, dude, it's like, I don't know, man. If you believe in an infinite universe and you believe that we're the only life yeah. forms in it, you're fucking stupid. 
Yeah, that's ridiculous. I, I definitely believe in uh, uh, aliens. I, I, I believe that uh, considering the size of the universe, it's possible that there are aliens out there that are more advanced than us, etc. I wouldn't even say that it would be a... Because the thing about conspiracy theory is that, one, it has two negative connotations. The first negative connotation is that the person who has the theory is crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because... It's re- I don't know why we've come to associate conspiracy theories with being crazy because there are conspiracies. They do occur. Because of the Mel Gibson movie, Conspiracy Theory. Exactly. That's <laughs> true. Um, but number two with conspiracy theories, the thing is that it's a negative thing. That the conspiracy is to hurt everyone. Right. But if we had made contact with aliens, I imagine first off, it's possible that those aliens would be making their first contact just as well. Um, and those people on their planet might be a bit shocked to find out that there are aliens on another planet, just as our people would. It might be a good idea to slowly introduce it, (laughs) just so that people don't go too crazy. I've ever told you the story about the trash dimension, Steve. The trash dimension? The trash dimension. Let's hear about it. Okay, so quick story here. Um... Years and years ago, I was involved with a musical project called the Cortastrophe. Mm. And the Cortastrophe, the, the the way that band got put together is because there was a band that recorded with a friend of mine and then neglected to pay him. Uh, so he had mm-hmm. like an entire album's worth of drum tracks and okay. a couple of bass tracks and stuff too. And none of the music was like completed, but he had this whole record of drum tracks that he technically owned because the band never paid him for his time. And you also can't copyright a drum beat. So there's no, you know what I mean? There's no copyright problems there. So basically, so that he would have something to account for the use of his time, what we did is we took those drum tracks, which are like brutal heavy metal drum tracks, and we recorded just whatever the fuck we wanted to over them. And the result of that is that it was just like this cartoon soundtrack fucking ridiculous <laughs> metal meets country meets it's like anything goes just bluegrass fucking anything that on top of these fun. oh it was it's the most fun ever but we had this one song called the trash dimension and um the concept of this song was something that has always really amused me which is whenever we talk about aliens and stuff we're always talking about you know the the search for intelligent life across the universe and we always assume that they would be like hyper intelligent like if we ever figured out a way to you know harness like light speed travel and we could travel light years away we would land on these planets full of exotic matter and high technology Uh and stuff like this but i had this idea where it's like what if we finally do harness interdimensional travel and we land on this planet and it's just basically like fucking like squidbillies and they're all like driving Hell monster yeah. trucks and just like shooting each other with shotguns and they're just and Kid Rock's president. Yeah. Or I Donald mean, Trump. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, what if you find that other life in the universe and they're just like fucking dumb white trash idiots? Yeah. Like what if we are the most advanced thing and everybody else is just dumb as fuck? So Yeah. Yeah, in this song The Trash Dimension, we kind of explore that idea a bit. I like the I, I like the concept of less intelligent life more than i like the search for intelligent life i want to find the dumb ones i think star wars or not star wars star trek did that somewhat oh, yeah? uh with the ferengi the ferengi are uh super i mean <laughs> there there is to me 
some maybe inherent racism in the Ferengi okay. that they, they might be associated with Jewish people because oh. they're obsessed with uh, with money, um, and they also have you know uh, prominent noses, etc. Oh God! But th- th- uh, yeah, but they they are also quite dumb. Like they they're shrewd businessmen, but they they're they're dumb. Like they all they think about is money, and they're easily fooled and stuff. So, um, but yeah, like I, that's such an interesting idea that like there would be people on their planet who were trying to make contact with other planets because they're like, God, like, I hope there's other intelligent life out there. Cause we got to get away from this. And then we're thinking the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. We're on the other side, like, yeah, God, we got to get away from this. And then we all make contact and it's like, so what's your world like? <laughs> well, we have a reality star for president. <laughs> of the it's hmm, like, Ooh, so. that's pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> but that's the thing is again, given an infinite universe, yeah, you will find other life forms that are far more advanced than us, and you will indefinitely find dumber ones too. It's just how it yeah, is. It's gonna absolutely. Happen. <laughs> I guess also, I guess also in Star Wars, uh, Jabba the Hutt, he, um, his race or his like uh, species. alien race species or whatever, they're impervious to the Force. Which really? gives them like that advantage? Yeah, that's like a thing with Jabba the Hutt in the expanded universe. I don't know if that has been completely removed, but back in the day, that was the thing. So you can't like uh, Jedi mind trick him and shit. Yeah, which is why Darth Vader had to make a deal with him. Oh, instead of like just yeah you know, making him do what he wanted, he had to actually make a deal with him and hold up his end of the bargain. That's tight. Yeah, but like also Jabba isn't smart or anything like no. he's he's a dumbass and he's an asshole and he's a keep slaves etc he just has that one advantage so like we definitely could run into aliens who like you know because of evolution they've evolved to be at, at the peak on their planet mm-hmm. in, intellectually but that doesn't mean we would find them intellectual in the least bit. <laughs> that's awesome what's our what's our last question on a quiz here steve what do you waste most of your money on, Ben? Okay. Uh, takeout, video games, alcohol, shiny gadgets, mm. movies and TV box sets, clothes. All right. So I definitely do use some money on takeout, but I wouldn't say that it's a waste. Usually anytime I eat out is because yeah. my life is so insane that I don't have time to cook. But thankfully, I do have a yeah. lot of time to, to... Well, rather, I should say I make time to cook. So it's not that video games I don't really have time for that much anymore, although I really wish mm-hmm. that I did. All this other shit, no. Definitely alcohol is what I waste most of my money on because, like... <laughs> yeah, man, like, I can't... We might get the same thing, but because yeah. I, I can't, that's it. Like, I, I don't, my wife and I hardly ever eat out. Yeah. <laughs> like, et cetera. But alcohol, yeah, we, we spend money on alcohol. There was a phase, um, I think it was last year sometime, where, like, I suddenly had this, like, hardcore aversion to alcohol, where it was just like, I thought I had a brain I remember tumor. This. Yeah, I thought I had a brain yeah. tumor or something, because it was just like, suddenly it was gross yeah. to me. God, I had so much extra money. <laughs> <laughs> holy shit i didn't think i like i don't like to think about that i mean we we don't spend a ton on alcohol we just don't have a ton of money to spend on anything yeah. but like uh what we do 
when we want to hang out when we want to have a you know a fun time together it's either we're we're drinking at home or we're going to hang out with other people and drinking yeah yeah totally so man and i would say i would say you know in some of those cases i wouldn't call that a waste that's a it's not a that's waste a good at day all. enhancer but there are so there also are a lot of times i would say you know just like being like hey i really need to make some videos and blah 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 I'll just get drunk instead. Like that's that's probably a waste. <laughs> <laughs> I um you know what you uh everyone everyone who is working in a creative field has their own creative process and and everyone will have their own advice. Um I tend to have a couple of drinks when I'm riding, but the moment it moves into about 4 I'm no longer riding. Mm -hmm. So um, I either have to pace myself, which depending on what I'm drinking can be hard. If it's beer, I slam beers. I love beer. I love the taste of it. I'm all over it. Um, if, it if it's a harder liquor, you know, you got to take your time with it. So I, I tend to like to use whiskey because the moment that I get to about drink number four, I am just listening to heart or um <laughs> like playing um dragon warrior or something on an emulator yeah. like i am not there's no way i'm writing anything else exactly it, again totally understand where see like with me like the big problem is too is the minute that i start really getting to work on drinking my guitar playing skills vanish oh, like yeah. i know so many buddies that can you know really play you know yeah. better after they've had three or four beers but for me it's like it is not happening after after probably about two beers or so is when the the playing starts going downhill so for me especially <laughs> making videos and shit like that it's like yeah i really just can't do both of those things at the same time at all what's your result what what cult should you join i am interested in seeing if you got the same thing because we did answer the same thing for the last two questions yeah i got a weird pop culture cult which oh. i'm guessing is made up you should join a pop culture cult that might be a joke, but no one really knows for sure. Oh, so like the Church of the Subhuman or something? Like Pastafarianism or something? Oh, yeah, there you go. Um, you have lots to choose from. There's the Russian cult of Gadget Hackwrench. What? Who worships the mouse character from Rescue Rangers. Huh? Or, that's very interesting. Or Dudeism, based on Dude Lebowski from The Big Lebowski. Or maybe Matrixism, based on the titular film, is more up your alley. Or perhaps Jediism. I'd have a hard time choosing between those. Can I do them all? Yeah, I well, I wouldn't want to do Jediism because I actually I have seen videos online of people who practice Jediism. Yeah, and um, the corny. Yeah, well, yeah, it, mostly it's it's a lot of like. <laughs> you know helping people out and stuff which is something i already do but they're doing it like for their joke religion <laughs> like i'm doing it because it's just like i want to be nice and you know help this person out they're doing it for their joke religion so is it a joke like when yeah. they're opening the door for somebody or they're like fucking idiot they don't even realize i'm doing this as a joke <laughs> i actually did get a different result than you there steve i got fuck yeah what is it i should join the illuminati i don't think the illuminati's a cult really huh i yeah i and i don't think that they have open enrollment yeah yeah exactly it's not like you can fill out an application it says you should join the illuminati you're a star and you're destined for greatness i don't understand if i'm a star then aren't i already i don't know 
You'll attend yeah. secret meetings in Beyonce's rec room and make weekly offerings to Blue Ivy. Lucky you. What's Blue Ivy? Blue Ivy is Jay-Z and Beyonce's uh, first daughter. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know about I don't know about that last part. Yeah, that doesn't seem like you at all. That ain't fact. me. That ain't me. Well, that's that's a pretty good it quiz right there. <laughs> it ain't me. That's some pretty good stuff on there, Steve. I think we've learned a lot about ourselves and our own occult leanings. I I want to know more about this cult of gadget hack wrench. Yeah, look into this. I'm a, I was a big fan of the Rescue Rangers. You know, I was thinking about it the other day, and. Uh, I, I am not one of those people who's like cartoons today aren't as good as they were when we were kids because they're actually way better cartoons yeah. today are so much better mm-hmm. uh, but, but Disney cartoons specifically I think hit their like best stride when it was they had DuckTales, oh, Rescue yeah. Rangers and Darkwing Duck Obviously, those were some great cartoons that had awesome stories like yep. it was like you had to remember these characters and these different stories that just actually sometimes were a little more intense than you might have expected for a Disney cartoon. Yeah, totally so, man. I, I do tend to agree. I did enjoy a Darkwing Duck as well. Darkwing Duck was awesome. Let's get dangerous. <laughs> well, Steve, let's get into fucking Baskin here. Now, you said this is like the third time you watched this. When was the first time you watched it, and what was your first impression of this movie? The first time I watched it was maybe about uh, a year ago. It was just on Netflix. Um, I I saw it, and you know how Netflix does that thing where it cycles through some sort of some screenshots. Yeah. And it it showed the lady, one of the butcher ladies, with like a cleaver and her eyes, you know, blindfolded mm-hmm. because they've been cut out. Um, and I was like, man, that looks fucking insane. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I was, I was drinking. (laughs) This was, I believe I had just been writing and I hit beer number four and I was like, all right, time to just watch Netflix. (laughs) Work time is over. Work time is done. I, and I remember watching it and just being blown away by one, how confused I was about what all was going on, but also two, the visuals, like it's so well shot and so well put together the acting is great um i didn't know what to expect i mean it's a turkish movie i've never watched a turkish movie i didn't know what to expect from it yeah and i was so pleasantly surprised with it and by the end just like this movie is is great i know what you mean i think that that's i think that's basically how i watched it the first time too i think i stumbled into this movie probably about six or eight months ago and it was one of those deals where you know I've kind of watched all the other big name horror titles and stuff that were streaming at that time. Yeah, and it was like, okay, let's try this one. Yeah, exactly. And it's like you said, the little preview images look cool. The movie poster is cool. I like the movie poster a lot and Mm -hmm. stuff. And it was like, oh, it's a crazy, surreal, you know, journey into hell or something like this. And I'm like, all right. And so uh, I also had been boozing that night and I was really tired. It was like really late at night. And I was kind of getting that... I think I've described this state about some some other movies and stuff too where I looked back on it the next day and I was like, did I dream some of this stuff up or did that actually <laughs> happen? Because especially the the last you know hour, well, 45 minutes or so of the movie yeah. just goes 
completely off the fucking rails and I was really tired and I was kind of I was kind of fucked up by that point. So, yeah, I remember watching it and being like, "Holy shit, what the fuck is this movie?" So, I just watched it the second time uh last night in preparation for the show and uh my memory did not exaggerate anything. It actually might have been more <laughs> fucked up than I remembered. Yeah, it actually that's what I learned is when you do sort of get the tone and start to understand and uh, you know honestly to get it you do if you're coming from uh a non-turkish or at least not in that area mindset Mm -hmm. you you'll have to do some research to fully get it you'll have to read up on some stuff yeah but once once that all sort of falls into line it is more fucked up than just that watching it and not knowing what's happening yeah and in addition to it being just plain fucked up, I gotta say, it is one of the more gorgeous horror movies I think that I've ever seen. It is yeah. a extremely beautifully shot movie with a lot of really interesting, uh, really interesting choices as far as camera angle and stuff like that goes a lot of times too. Like there's a lot of shots that almost seem like really voyeuristic, like you're just sort of peeking uh-huh. around a doorway or like there's that one shot that's like, up at the top of the ceiling, like almost through the ceiling fan that feels like security camera kind of footage. Uh-huh. There's all kinds of really odd camera choices and stuff, but I would say the biggest visual hallmark of the movie is it is so intensely hot and cold color palette-wise. It's like, it's a lot yeah. of that, you know, that tealish plus that fiery kind of orange contrast. Yeah, and and that um, that plays into the whole the central theme of the movie of the uh, this battle between good and evil totally. and duality uh, right yeah duality and actually uh a lot of it seems to be about all of these things uh coming together in a confluence that uh el- like eliminates them both almost like mm. the idea is that uh the the good and evil clash together to the point that eventually the evil is completely gone, which means, in that sense, the good is also completely gone. It, it's, it's like the um, we're gonna talk about it. The Zoroastrian um, mythology behind this, mm-hmm. but yeah, there's, there's uh, the idea of uh, existence being a cycle, and we're slowly working our way to a perfection mm-hmm. and that perfection is uh, is an absolute merger of of good and evil but th- this is definitely it's it's gettable without knowing all of the all of the i guess uh, there there are superstitions involved and uh turkish folklore and mm-hmm. then zoroastrian myths etc but like even without subtle. all that yeah, it is. Even without all that, it is a story about cops in hell. Right. Like, it's, it's a bunch of cops who have found themselves in hell. Yeah. And it's like you said, like, whenever I watched this, I didn't understand a lot of the symbolism and stuff. And then later after, you know, reading up and watching a couple of things about some of the, you know, symbolism, I guess you could say. And like you said, mythology and superstition and stuff throughout the movie, it did make it kind of kind of cooler in a lot of ways because it's kind of like our our main hero guy represents the main you know god or protagonist in zoroastrianism 
And there's there's all kinds of things that kind of indicate that. Like he was born from a lake, and there's that scene in the movie, yeah. a really beautiful scene where those hands like pull him out of the water and shit. Yeah. I love that scene. It's beautiful. They crash trying to cross over a bridge, mm-hmm. and, and that's one of the tenets of Zoroastrianism is when you die, there's a bridge into the afterlife, and the bridge narrows or, or widens depending on uh, your level of righteousness. Right. And and in this case, they're completely stopped from even crossing the bridge because they're too evil to enter into the afterlife. They need to be taken to what is called in, in Zoroastrianism the House of Lies, where they have to basically work out their evil. Kind of a purgatory kind of, kind of scenario. And then there's like, yeah. again, the hero was supposed to have subsided on a spiritual food for 10 years right and we never see him eat in the movie the first like yeah main part of the movie of takes place in a diner yeah and there's tons of food and stuff shown a lot of shots of food being like you know prepared mm-hmm. cooked served uh, and, they, and stuff yeah there's even a point where he takes uh the a tea cup up to his lips but then doesn't drink it and just sits it back down right and then whenever they leave and they're all in the police van on the road that guy specifically says i feel like i've been driving this road for 10 years yeah and that is that's part of the mythology is that you have to maintain this spiritual diet for 10 years yeah to be able to then be the uh, i forget what it's called seoshin i think or something like know. that i'm not sure and and that person is you know in some way i guess if you're a christian it's uh, the christ-like figure basically his job is to fully confront the uh leader of the underworld which in this case is baba um fully confront the leader of the underworld and and overcome that evil so that everyone can escape it and move on to the afterlife. And that's a really cool thing too about this movie is like you said, even, you know, me not knowing anything about any of that stuff, I was still able to watch this movie and enjoy it, but knowing that yeah. stuff I think makes it cooler. But there is definitely I think a layer of impenetrability, I guess you could say in a lot of ways. I feel like yeah. there's I feel like there is just so much Turkish culture and slang and, and, and again superstitions uh-huh. and stuff going on through this movie that I just do not I do not understand you know just being a westerner yeah. and stuff there's a lot of stuff in this movie and one of them you know one thing that I noticed watching this is there's a lot of there's a lot of sex talk and stuff throughout the movie like the the police yes. officers at the front of the movie there are bragging about you know like fucking prostitutes and all this stuff and then that one guy is talking about how his first time was with a prostitute that turned out being a guy and but he still he still had sex with him and he still yeah he still banged the guy but he got offended when he started jerking off or something and then the yeah. other guys are like talking about fucking animals and stuff like this and they say you know they're like talking with their you know religion teachers or their priests about it or whatever and then they're also saying like yeah 70 percent of turkish guys first times with an animal and all this crazy shit it's like yeah those are things that like i don't think we can really fully understand <laughs> not knowing their culture but, yeah you know? well i th- i think this is where uh some of the things that um uh, and i i want to point out that um i think the best like boiled down description of the zoroastrianism and and stuff about turkish uh superstition and stuff the best version of that you're gonna get 
check out Modern Horror on uh, YouTube. They have a video about Boskin. It's about five minutes and 20 seconds. Real quick, yeah. to the point, quality video. In fact, they have a ton of quality videos, and they have a great podcast you should check out, Shout et cetera, out. if you're after us. Always listen to us. Always, first. yeah, duh. <laughs> but uh, one of the things I've noticed is that just looking at people's different interpretations of it is not a lot of people are focusing on uh, the the effect of Islam in Turkey, especially 2015 Turkey with uh, their current uh, president, Erdogan, who is an absolute piece of shit. No, really? Um, and, yeah, well, uh, here's the saddest thing about him is that Americans don't know much about him because no. they're like, that. that's Turkey. But Americans should know about him because the last time he was in our country to visit President Trump, his personal guards uh, attacked and assaulted a group of people who were there to protest the fact that he was there. Oh, shit. And Donald Trump didn't do a thing about it. <laughs> I'm so stunned. Yeah. But that's the thing is he allowed a foreign power to come into our country and attack American citizens and he had, he had nothing to say about My it. My God, what a, oh, what a piece of shit. And he's an absolute piece of shit. But Erdogan is also an absolute piece of shit who is uh, very paranoid and looking to uh, maintain his power. And so uh, his election in 2014 was widely considered to be bullshit and uh the tensions of the time he is a very conservative and outspokenly uh muslim religious president which is in turkey this is a thing that has not been acceptable for a long time mm. they've wanted to have uh you could be religious you could be a religious candidate but they don't want religion to take over the country. Yeah. And this Erdogan guy is allowing that to happen. He's doing it. He's using religion to take over the country. Well, Turkey has had a history of being dominated by different religions. Exactly. And so on, right? Yeah, they, they, they were dominated by the Christians, dominated by uh, Muslims, etc. for a long time. Um, and, and in fact, this is real interesting. Uh, just recently, in November, they discovered a temple in... Um, northern turkey that seems to indicate that zoroastrianism which was founded in iran mm -hmm. like 3500 years ago may have had roots in turkey oh wow so um i'm not sure if that information had already been pretty widely spread in turkey and that's why um can evernall the director of this and and sim ozudura i believe is how you say his name um, why they included all that Zoroastrianism in because it is a it is perhaps the most of Turkish of of religions it, it may be originated there interesting but but the thing is that th this is a country that is being dominated by this uh, Islamic political thought which can be great I mean if a, a lot of people look back uh, on Islam and just think of the the um, crusades and the christian hatred for islam but people don't realize that the renaissance uh the thing that made us go from being these entirely dim-witted uh church-going assholes 
to uh, finally focusing on science and and math and things like that the renaissance was sparked by european thinkers reading islamic texts oh yeah i mean back then it's like anybody that was a son of high society or royalty or anything like that they were sent away to islamic countries to study yes. like that's that's where all the yes. high education they fucking invented the number yeah. zero for god's sake exactly and so islam has not always been associated with darkness backwardsness as it is now as christianity is uh forever yeah um but now in in the country there is this uh no other way to put it this despot who is uh taking away freedoms and enforcing uh religious laws etc on these people and so the the things that they're talking about in the beginning are the worst things that you could say uh, about Islamic people. Like, mm-hmm. they are the worst things they could be accused of doing. Having sex with an animal, uh, you know, anal sex with a man, mm-hmm. etc. Like, all of those things that they're admitting to openly are shocking. And this is the thing. Uh, Ken Evernall has said very specifically in an interview with a, a German publication, he said, I shot Baskin as a slap in the face of Turkish pop culture and good taste. Oh, shit, really? So, so he is aiming from the beginning to piss off this regime. Wow. Yeah, because it's also kind of showing, too, that you know these these guys that we're talking about they're police officers they're kind of yes. high in control in command and power you could say uh-huh uh probably second only to politicians and it's showing that they are backwards fucked up shitty people i guess yeah absolutely hmm. and so it, it is this confrontation uh with islamic law and with sharia law etc it's also um can Evernall has uh, claimed as among his influences been just listen to these influences and see if you can relate in the least bit i mean i'm gonna get i'm gonna guess clive barker has to be a gigantic influence clive barker hp lovecraft mm-hmm. 80s horror yeah new french new french extremity mm-hmm. which includes movies like high tension um mm-hmm. Video games, uh, especially a lot of point-and-click point horror games, but he also mentions Doom. Yeah. Um, the album album covers of Man of War and Iron Maiden. <laughs> okay. Yeah. David Lynch, Paul Verhoeven, and Dario Argento. Yeah, I see all of that. Like, I, I can see yep. all of those influences right there for sure. The, the movie does have, and it's funny that you mentioned Lynch. While I was watching it last night, I texted you and I was like, this is a really Lynchy movie. It's got that whole, like, unsettling dream kind of thing, uh-huh. you know, where you're constantly questioning, like, is this real or not? Uh, da- yes. David Lynch does that better than anybody, man. Oh, like, yeah. You fucking watch Mulholland Drive or Blue Velvet or something. Yeah, Blue Velvet is like, what the fuck is happening? What? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like your subconscious made a movie or something. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, exactly. This, this movie definitely has a lot of that kind of thing in there. Yeah, the thing about all those influences, they're all Western. That's, yeah, absolutely so. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even think about it until you pointed it out. He is in direct confrontation with Islam in, in this um, which is, uh, I mean, uh, notable, but 
I, I, I don't know enough about Islam to know all of the references throughout. Sure. I know, I know for instance, um, uh, that there is, I believe, um, there's a verse in the Quran and a, and a couple of hadith about not killing frogs, which is okay. interesting because I, I, I assumed, I assumed at some point one of those frogs is going to get stomped or something, but it never happens. Yeah, yeah, they they always do kind of treat them with a sort of of reverence, I guess. There's frogs like yeah. all over the movie. That's one of those things that I knew had to mean something. Which is an interesting uh an interesting thing about religion is that when let's say your average southern baptist, your average southern baptist knows intimately the verses in the Bible about grace. They know intimately the verses in the Bible that uh, back up their own belief system and are easy to do. Yeah. So it's easy to not kill a frog. It's apparently much harder to not have anal sex with a transvestite <laughs> prostitute or to fuck an animal. Yeah. Like that. Like that's the thing about I gotcha. religion. Okay, they're, so you're saying they're kind of picking and choosing the stuff that they want. Yes. Or like even even like before they leave the restaurant, he fucking beats the shit out of that guy. Yes, exactly. Like they're they're not good people, no. but they never kill a frog because that's the thing they've been told. You know, don't you know, don't kill a frog. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's easy to not do. Huh. <laughs> that's that's cool. I hadn't thought about it that way. They're just kind of picking and choosing what they want out of it. Yeah. The one person we know throughout this that seems to be in tune and seems to be religious in some sense is Boss Ramsey. Mm -hmm. So everyone else is kind of all over the place. Arda, um, the our I guess protagonist is yeah, the pretty he, much. I mean, because he he's he's the person who survives, and he we get the most out of him. Mm -hmm. But Arda, he also doesn't seem to be involved as much. Like he's involved in the conversation. And he has his, like, little thing about how he asked his teacher about anal sex or whatever. But, like, he doesn't he doesn't express any real sin or uh, transgression of Islamic law or anything like that. So he's clean-ish. Ramsey is clean-ish. Right. And they're the two that survive the longest. I just had another thought about him, too, where we were talking about how he kind of represents the main... You know, again, God hero of Zoroastrianism, but also he, it's revealed in the movie there that he basically, um, both of his parents died and he was raised by the other Ramsey, dude, right? Yeah. So again, like lack of parents is another typical God trait that we see in many, 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 many stories throughout religion uh, too. And his name came in a dream, yeah. which I believe also happened with Jesus, right? It wasn't he, uh, Mary had a dream and she was told. Yeah, an angel oh, told her. No, uh, an angel came to her. That's right. An angel came to her and told her to name him Jesus um, or Joshua. Um, but yeah, like he, his name was given to him in a dream uh, and it means increased or increasing. Mm -hmm. I looked it up in hmm. Turkish. It, um, I, I don't know what, how... I don't know how that helps, and maybe there's a a, a better uh, translation, but he, his name has a meaning. Uh, everyone else's name. I mean, I mean Ramsey, his name does have a meaning because his name is from uh, Egyptian Ramesses or Ramses. Mm -hmm. um, so he his his relation to Turkey is you know through that 
uh, multicultural lens because he is a name that is not purely Turkish, whereas the other names, uh, except for Apo, which is a Greek name, the other names are more Turkish. Uh, Sefi and... Gosh, I cannot remember. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, they've all got... Yavuz. Yavuz. Okay. Uh, he's, he's the one who beats up the kid at the cafe. Oh, okay. Run right on, man. Now, Steve, I got to tell you, I had an interesting idea about this flick while I was watching it last night, and I think that I think that it's possible that most of what we see in this movie is actually just a dream because there is there's a specific shot and it's like it's before everything starts really hitting the fan. You know, they've been at the cafe, they've been having all these crazy talks, they Uh have uh beat the guy up, the one dude looked you know, stared in the mirror and freaked out and saw the frog and stuff. P.S. That shot when he's like staring in the mirror and like he starts to scream for some reason is one of the more freaky things I think I've ever seen. It is. Well, you can see behind him. Yeah. Uh, briefly, you can see Baba. Yeah. He's behind him. In the cloak But and stuff, when he like looks in him. the mirror, what he's screaming about isn't as clear. Like, uh, does he see Baba or is he screaming because he, he feels an influence? Because he seems to be feeling an influence the whole time but not knowing exactly what it is i don't know if it was just like you know him he realizing just how like hedonistic and terrible they all are it was just getting to him i i've got no idea but there's a scene where they all pile in the van on the way to that call that they're responding to Uh uh-huh and there's a shot just for like two seconds where it shows who's our main dude Artie. arda arda there's a shot where it shows arda nodding off falling asleep in the van and then after that is when all the fucking crazy stuff starts happening and like the guy runs across the street yeah and all that kind of stuff so it's and it's funny too because when you watch the movie and all the crazy shit starts going on like when they actually get to the place everything is related to stuff that he saw earlier in the movie like uh, the, the the frogs and all that stuff uh-huh. whenever they're exploring the it was like a police station, right? And then it was like stables or something. Yeah, yeah. They said it. It was a police station during the Ottoman era, which would have ended in 1922. So it's it's a real old building. Well, while they're walking through there, they see obviously a ton of crazy shit. But then even on the walls, there's like anatomical charts of like baby elephants, and that guy had been talking about losing his virginity to an elephant. Yeah. It's like, it's too much of a coincidence to tell me that those two things aren't related. It's almost like that was just something that was floating around in his subconscious whenever he fell asleep. Yeah, I, it did seem to me the ending makes no sense. If, like, if you do follow the Zoroastrian um, idea, and I I think it's correct uh, as far as what they were, like, aiming for, if you follow that, the ending doesn't exactly make sense. I mean, the the fact that the everyone is is gone from the van in that last shot that makes sense because he's like freed them mm-hmm. through his efforts. But like, he was in the van. Like he he was in the van when the van hit him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and that that there is no time bending explanation for that. It really does. Seem most likely that it's a dream. Yeah. Like the end of it is like he's maybe like he is going through this Zoroastrian cycle in his head. Like that's how his dream is manifesting. But 
in reality, he's just asleep. Yeah, exactly. I think that that's, I think that that's what it is. And even the way that a lot of the guys like meet their demise and stuff, I think seems very directly related to the you know scuzzy conversations and stuff they were having at the cafe. Like that, yeah. You know, they were obviously engaging in very gluttonous behavior. That one guy gets his intestines and stuff ripped out. Uh-huh. Um, obviously lots of very, you know, sexy, lusty talk. That w- other dude gets his eyes jabbed out and then he's uh-huh. made to like fuck that like goat woman or whatever. Yeah. And then she gives birth to like a, what the it's fuck? like a roly poly, like amalgamation of flesh and hair. And I, I don't know what it is. It looks like that shit that like owls cough up after they eat. Yeah. Only it was huge. Um, yeah. it's like a lot of the stuff that they go through seems to be directly relating to their, their sins, I guess you would say, uh, yeah. and what they were talking about, which again, is just like subconscious residue that he had on his mind when he fell asleep. Yeah. I mean, in the end, this is a dream. It has to be That's because other, otherwise the ending is bad. Like the ending yeah. doesn't make sense at the point when he gets hit by the van he was in. Totally. Because... Yeah, uh, uh, but again, that does start a cycle. I guess it's possible that it's 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 um, because it the movie works a lot in cycles and circles, like mm-hmm. things going from you know uh, a starting point, seeming to go somewhere, and then coming back to that point. Like they're in the cafe, uh, they seem you know they have the all the stuff that happens. They have the wreck, and then back in the cafe. Yeah, which is and really then, cool. It gets back to them at the wreck. They go in the building and then back in the cafe. So there's just these cycles over and over. So that would serve as this circle idea, but it doesn't make any sense. Whereas even though everything else is insane and over the top, it still all makes sense. It's still all a clear story. It just the time bending there doesn't make sense unless it's a dream. Exactly. And what do you think about some of the imagery and stuff that we see once he gets once the team gets into the building and they encounter the Jesus cult itself because it's like some of the most fucked up shit i think i've seen there is a, in a person movie. who looks like they have shit teeth i yeah. don't know if you saw it and i'm not talking about it looks like their teeth have a lot of gunk on them and stuff like it looks like their teeth are made of turds yeah and there's like shit like coming through the teeth. It's insane. Uh-huh. There and there's people doing like amputations and shit. Uh-huh. There yeah, there's like they're they're the butcher women who are like butchering people who are still alive. Like one of the persons uh, has his leg completely removed and like sewn up crudely, but he's still alive. He's still writhing. Um there's a lot there's a lot in there that's just hellish imagery which there's is like, exactly what it's going for there's like blood orgies and shit going on yeah there's like sex going on all the time it yeah. seems and uh that is that is something that uh and Evernall mentioned is that when they were shooting it like some of their permits were they, they had some iffy permits and if they had been caught, like a lot of that stuff they shot, the nude stuff and the, the sex stuff was being shot in some of the most conservative areas of town. Holy shit. So if they had been caught, they may have been arrested. Yeah. Probably would have been. Um, 
So this 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 remind like reading about that reminded me of Maniac. Yeah, yeah. And gorilla like filmmaking. The, the sh- yeah, gorilla filmmaking. But in this case, in Maniac, it would have been you know maybe a fine, maybe a short uh, you know uh, a bit of probation or something. In Turkey, it could have meant like a long term jail sentence. Yeah, or like stoning to death or something. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, dude. Yeah, some of the stuff going on in there, dude, is is really, I mean, just shockingly, shockingly fucked up. Because there's a lot of stuff in foreign horror movies that they just don't have the budget to go as deep or to go as crazy with as a lot of big budget American horror flicks. So I'm used to seeing a lot of horror movies where, you know, the, the fucked up stuff isn't as, isn't as fucked up as like what you would see in American cinema movie, but... Yeah. God damn, man. Like, this movie goes off the rails. So glad you mentioned the budget because I, if I had forgotten to talk about this. So, this is the thing that this movie stands for. Can uh, Evernall, um, he went to film school in England, came back to Turkey. He made this movie with uh, his own and his family's money. So, his wow. family obviously has a bit of money. $350,000 invested into this movie. Bullshit. Not even kidding. This movie is a four-month effort. One month of pre-production, 28 days of actual shooting, and then uh, two months of post-production. $350,000. $350,000. This is evidence of the greatness of the horror community. No kidding. Is that people can come together, put together a little bit of money, and make a movie that will stick with you for the rest of your life. That's fucking crazy, dude. $350,000 in any other genre might never get you anywhere. No. $350,000 in horror can give you some of the most gruesome visuals you've ever seen in your life. Wow. That's pretty insane. I had no idea what the budget for this flick was like. Yeah. Um, and, and we would never have seen this movie if it weren't for the deal with... Um, uh, the distributor is for... They had originally made, like, a short film. Oh, IFC, IFC Midnight. Okay. Yes, they originally made a short film. He made a few short films up to this point that, I guess, you know, get somewhere. The short film helped him get a distribution deal with IFC Midnight, which means Netflix. IFC oh. Midnight means you're gonna be on Netflix, and... Um, that, that was worth it. I mean, that you, you can invest $350,000. You could make a shit movie. I mean, there are, there are a lot of movies on Netflix that are shit, but IFC midnight movies tend to be pretty great. Um, they tend to be pretty gruesome and they tend to do stuff with a low budget you wouldn't expect. And this movie is exactly that. Wow. Now let me ask you too, you know, cause one of the ways that I guess you could say that they were able to keep the budget pretty low is they didn't really use, I mean, hardly any CGI, you know, really to speak of. And like whenever they're dealing with the, the cult members and the cult leader, Baba, um, obviously we were talking earlier about some of those people having limbs cut off. Those were actually people that were missing limbs. And then our cult leader, Baba looks 
and it's it's uh, it's really crude to say. I mean, he's a real person. He has some kind of disorder, some kind of um, some kind of syndrome he was born with. But he's really freaky looking. He's very short, yeah, he, and he almost has like he looks like a frog, yeah, or like a baby man or something. Yeah, uh, I don't know what his condition. He also is. has that disarming uh, like cut body. Yeah, he shredded his like, shit. What? <laughs> this dude is. I, I guess he's about four ten. Yeah, I would say probably. 410 uh super ripped little body and then uh a frog face essentially like i mean it's it's a condition he has i'm not making fun of him i'm yeah, just trying to just describe him in case you haven't picture. seen him yeah like he he has these these really large lips this sort of strange mouth uh and these eyes that are almost constantly closed yeah now do you find it exploitive that they used somebody with this condition as a quote no, unquote freak no i find it I find it empowering. This is something that I, uh, you know what? Um, this is gonna be maybe a, a hard position to be considered tenable, hmm. but uh, Tosh.0, mm -hmm. I think, is the show that is the most empowering to very strange sometimes odd looking people mm -hmm. sometimes people with social disorders and the reason i say that is because daniel tosh brings them on to the show doesn't treat them like a freak treats them like a regular individual That's meaning true. he treats them like shit which is how he treats yeah, most people yeah. but he's actually actually really seemingly kind person and this movie does that to the best degree because you make baba the evil, the character who is most powerful. He has the lines that that make the movie make sense. You give that to a person with a genetic disorder that makes them look weird. Yeah. Okay, sure, somebody could say it's exploitative, but you're giving a job to him, and no one at any point is saying, what a fucking weird-looking dude. Right. Like, in... He's just—he's scared. They're scared of him because he is powerful. Yeah, he's the head of a cult. I mean, it's not like he's some. Yeah, it's not like he's like you know fucking hint, evil henchman Quasimodo character or anything like that. Like exactly, he leads this. He's fucking the thing. leader. He's the one they're all bowing to. Yeah, I think it's amazing. Right on. Well, and too, you know, it's like that's that's a character I will not forget. Like I will not mm -hmm. forget that fucking character because yeah, he is creepy as shit. And the guy too that like. Is kind of his, uh, I don't know what you'd say, assistant. He almost has like that that weird long straw coming off of his head, and yes. like, one of his eyes is covered. Yeah, and he's like stroking the the straw like it's hair. Yeah, that guy is fucking creepy. Very creepy. Um, and that the guy um who plays Baba is getting other roles in other oh, wow. horror movies. Well, good for him, man. So exactly, like I mean, I I think like. You know, you go back to say like a movie like Freaks, Todd Browning's Freaks mm -hmm. from 1932. It, it's the movie that ruined his career, and a lot of people say it was exploitative. But the people in the movie said like the there were genuine like circus sideshows, circus you know freaks. Yeah, they said that he treated them extremely well, and and you know treated them like they they were the the people to go to for the information about this type of character because they understand how that person would be yeah so 
uh, I think sometimes we're all so easily reactive that we think that something might be bad. Uh, maybe, you know, like something might be racist or sexist or something. We're really, really willing to jump on what we think is like this uh, diminishing effect on, on the person. But sometimes what we're doing is diminishing them by not allowing them to be powerful. Yeah, by exactly. saying it's sexist or by saying it's racist, we're taking their power away from them. Now, I'm not saying there's not a million things in the world that are sexist, racist, sure. and terrible, but we might be a little oversensitive sometimes. Well, I know what you mean, though, because basically kind of what you're saying is we're, a lot of times, when we're dealing with somebody, you know, like the guy that plays Baba here, who is getting work solely because of his uh, physical attributes that he was born with, we're, mm-hmm. a lot of us would feel like we need to jump in and protect this person that doesn't need protection. That person is making their yeah. own choices, making their own decisions, and somebody's giving them a job and a career. Yeah. And I think a lot of the more uh, overly sensitive people would try to stop that from happening and keep somebody from having a career, you know? Yeah, I actually, I think of just a more recent thing that's happened with the newest Mario game is there's, uh, he puts on different hats that give him different powers, and okay. one of them is a sombrero, and people, like, why, why, white people yeah. <laughs> said it was racist, <laughs> and then, and then, uh, you know, uh, people of uh, Central American descent are like, no, it's not racist, we love the representation, we want to be represented in games. Yeah, sure. By, by being represented it's validating like i could be mario yeah exactly that's cool so like i know we do and it it comes from a place of good you want to help people who are disadvantaged or being oppressed yeah but we so many times we're so gung-ho to do it that we're not listening to them yeah exactly yeah so yeah, I I think it's great. Uh, it's awesome that they picked him and didn't go with somebody that they just put a bunch of prosthetic makeup on. Yeah, or God forbid, if this was you know an American movie, that probably would have been entirely CG. Per they they would have hired fucking oh god Andy Andy they would have hired Andy Circus Andy Circus <laughs> exactly, and it would have just been like a completely CGI thing that would have really taken me out of it um, in a yeah. lot of ways. I really like how this movie does minimally use cgi uh obviously there's yeah. a few little things like the hands pulling him out of the lake after the crash yeah but most everything that you see seems pretty legit and there's some gruesome i mean just stomach turning fucking deaths and and stuff like yeah. that through this movie there's some gore that is really not for the uh for the squeamish yeah uh if you, you got if you got any eye things, oh god, if, man! A lot of people are have eye things. Uh, if if you do, there's a scene that'll definitely fuck you up. Oh yeah, um, man! That scene where Baba like cuts dude's stomach open. Well, he he pulls up his shirt and he's like stitched open. Yeah, because they knocked him out earlier, so yeah. they must have done it while they were all knocked out. They like cut open his stomach and stitched it back up, but like Real wrapped crudely. something around his intestines so that baba could just pull it out which i can't imagine oh like, god when it shows those like stitches popping as he physically oh. pulls that wound open it is like god i was watching by myself alone on the couch last night and i you know physically went god damn like i couldn't help it it's so <laughs> rough dude 
It really is. Um, the the eye stabbing scene, etc. Those are terrible. I I think the one person my que- I have a question about is Sefi, mm-hmm. who, uh, from what we gather, he they find a cop that they think is you know uh, with the the cops that called for backup. Yeah. They find him and Safi is supposed to take him outside and then he uh, ends up in a room where people are uh, having a strange orgy and they turn him upside down. That's it? That's the last thing we see of him, right? That's true. Yeah, you never really see anything Does he die? That. Does he get killed? I don't like... It's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of forgot about that. Yeah, it makes sense that he's the first to go because he seems to be the least connected to all the... Because, like, when they're all sitting around talking about, you know, uh, fucking animals or whatever, he's at another table with his head down. Yeah. Like, he he's disconnected from it, so he's the first to die. And in this dream, in this cycle or whatever, dying is actually escaping the cycle. Yeah. You're no longer involved in it. You don't have to be tortured. So... His death it seems very mild. Yeah, I think that you're right. I hadn't thought about it that way, but yeah, you never really do see uh, an overall end to that character. It's a really interesting movie, man. It's like it's one of those ones that I won't watch again anytime soon because it's not it's not a fun watch. I don't think like it's not one of those ones <laughs> that's gonna put me in like a good mood that I'll just watch and be like, man, this is such a cool movie. I don't know that the rewatch value is is extremely high, honestly, but I can't help but just really like this movie and root for it in a lot of ways, especially knowing what you were just saying about the budget and how it was made yeah. and, and, again, some of the social and political commentary and stuff. I can't help but like what this movie stands for more than I like the movie itself because even though there's all these great things that we're talking about, there's a lot of great stuff in this movie, about this movie, there's really wonderful things to see. I think any horror fan should watch it, but it's yeah. it's not fun. It's it's a rough watch. <laughs> you know, after watching it uh, the third time, I I would disagree. I think it, once you get it, once you get what's going on more and more, I think it loses like the the relatability of some of the characters comes out because these characters are bad people. Yeah. Like they're not great. They're, they're cops that abuse their power. Um, they, they obviously have done some things that we would generally consider to be bad. Um, but like also as you get to know them and as you see them in the, you know, situation where they're about to die specifically with Yavu's, um, you you start to like them a little more. You start mm-hmm. to see their vulnerability, and you start to see like, oh, uh, this isn't such a bad person. But like, they are these misogynistic assholes, and that's what uh, Ken Evernall has said they were going for. They were going for these unlikable characters that uh, you would see go through this process, and you do sort of you hope for Arda, and you you kind of I I liked Ramsey a lot. I thought like he would survive i thought he would in the end still be around but he he's sort of summarily dismissed with a a throat cutting so like i understand i i feel that i've been there i guess you could say in a lot of ways this is kind of the turkish chainsaw massacre (laughs) 
Because <laughs> that movie also had like a lot of unlikable kind of characters and stuff it in did. it too. It also reminded me of The Shining uh-huh. uh, somewhat. Um, specifically, there was when they were talking, uh, I think it's maybe the third time that they're in the cafe and it's just Ramsey and Arda talking and Ramsey's telling him about how he and his grandmother would sit and like they would see these visions and things oh, and how right. Arda also has that power. Uh, that's The Shining, right? Sure, I mean, that's yeah. exactly The Shining. Yeah, I think the director is definitely very obviously a a horror movie buff himself and was able to draw from a lot of things. Yeah. And now that you mentioned the video game influence, it's like you can you can obviously see visual influence from even yes. survival horror games like Silent Hill and Resident stuff like Evil. that. Uh-huh, yeah. Because there's exactly. even a lot of characters in Silent Hill that have their faces and eyes covered, and it just yes. seems to make them more horrific and nonsensical and, and weird in a lot of ways. So now that you mentioned that, I'm seeing a lot of a lot of similarities there. Now, was this that dude's first movie? This is his first full-length movie. Uh, he and um, Sim Ozadura, they made a movie that came out in November of 2017 called Housewife. Okay. Now, I, I don't think it's been released in America yet, but I do believe that there is some like uh, likelihood it will be because there are reviews of it like people have seen uh, English language versions of it. So, uh hopefully it'll come out in America and and we'll get to see it. Uh it it has uh, I think a 5.1 or something on Metacritic. Mm-hmm. But I I you know, I I've lost a lot of uh respect for any sort of rating system because well, I don't know. It seems to me that people wait for other people to rate the movie other more famous people to rate the movie and then they come in with an agreement rating yeah where it's like oh i agree with that person because if i don't then i will look like i'm disagreeing with a smarter person than me right like so you get these ratings that i i'm not sure i can agree with sometimes so I, i i'm i have hopes for it I'd like to see it. Well, if this is where that guy is starting, then uh, consider me interested to see where he goes next. Because Yeah, absolutely. I mean, dude, I've seen way, way worse first entries into Hell movies. Yeah. I mean, dude, fucking James Cameron <laughs> started with, like, Piranha 2. Come on. <laughs> you he know? totally did. So yeah. it's pretty interesting to see, and it's exciting. Like I said, even though I, I don't love watching this movie... I think that this guy has some really great ideas and I think he knows how to make something scary. Cause like those scenes, yeah. um, you know, once they get in the, in the place and even the, even some of the scenes earlier in the movie, like I said, the guy staring in the mirror and stuff like, yeah, really fucking weird me out. Like this movie, this movie freaked me out harder than 90% of everything we've covered on the show. So the guy knows horror. How would you, you rate know? it? That's a good question. So for me, you know, like I said, on a scale of 1 to 10 and stuff, it's kind of like for concept and execution and stuff like that, I'm in love with this movie in so many ways, and it's like an 8. But for me, yeah. in terms of like how much I enjoyed watching it and will watch it again and stuff like that, um, if I was just rating my overall enjoyment of this flick, I would say probably like a 6, I think. Okay. Now, um, as I said, I, I think I, I do... I, I do enjoy it more than than you do and do think that the rewatchability is there. Okay. Um 
I really liked the performances the third time I watched it. I really realized, mm. like, the guy who plays Yavuz, like, he's he is doing it. Like, he is really dedicated to this slimeball character, and he comes across well. Ramsey, oh, yeah. uh, the guy, first off, looks like uh, the dude who plays Negan on The Walking Dead. Okay, yeah, he does. Um, so he ha- and he has that, like, he has that... Su- that look that just has gravitas to it you trust him and it's of course why they made him boss ramsey and not one of the other characters um and the guy who plays Arda looks like ben, uh, turkish ben affleck dude That's i thought weird. the same thing i know yeah. <laughs> but like they're all good they yeah. all do really well um i really it, it looks great and i like the story it's not perfect it's got a lot to sort of live up to i think like when you when you have that level of gore like it, it seems like when you have that level of gore you can either go camp or go like artistic like pure artistic yeah and um like that's what he went for he went for artsy he went for the gold and I, I think he almost gets it. There, there, some missteps, uh, et cetera, that just make it hard for me to fully get it. Because if it is a dream, it, it's kind of a, I don't know, it's it's kind of a cop out. I don't yeah, like totally. that. Yeah. I wish the ending was better. Yeah. Uh, I, do too. So I I feel like it, for me, it's a seven and a half. I think that's I think that's fine. That's one of those that I I, I could totally see everything that you're talking about. Yeah. So Ben, we just covered uh this movie about hell. Uh why stop now? Why stop now? Like might might as well jump. Might as well jump and let's go out and raise some hell and next week let's watch motherfucking Clive Barker's Hellraiser Two. And that's the bottom line. Hellraiser Two, which I enjoy very, very much. It really just picks up right where Hellraiser One left off. And I tried to watch uh, a little after we did our Hellraiser episode and thought it looked like a Duran Duran music video and (laughs) turned it off. (laughs) So I'm excited to try to love it because it has the same people from the first movie, basically. Yeah. And those actors are great. It's got Clive Barker. I want to love it. Uh, (laughs) It does look like a Duran Duran music video, though. So So what's wrong with that? No, I, there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> it's just a huge departure from the first one, it seemed like. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, you know, not as much as some of the sequels and stuff, but we'll we'll see about it. Yeah. It's been a while since I've seen it, so I look forward to seeing how it holds up because I love, I love the first Hellraiser. And from, yeah. from my memory, I remember thinking this is like, you know, right up there with it. But maybe I'm wrong, but I guess that we will find out next week on the show. In the meantime, you guys can follow... Me on Instagram and Twitter at Ben Eller Guitars. Steve, where, where can they follow you and follow our show? Um, you can always follow me on Instagram, Twitter, whatever, at Steven Spratling. You'll figure it out. Um, at Dead Lovely Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Um, our Instagram account, pretty freaking awesome. Oh, yeah. And we also have a Facebook group, which is the best. Yeah. And then you can also email us at deadandlovelypod at gmail.com. Yeah, drop some suggestions for what you guys would like to see covered on the show in future episodes. As we said, Baskin here was a user request, so 
We are yeah. listening, very much like one Fraser Crane. Yeah, we'd like to hear what you want. Well, in the meantime, mm-hmm. you guys have been just fine and dandy, and we've been dead and They're lovely. Lovely. Bye, y'all. You're all my children now. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, what? <laughs>